Hello, I'm Felix, and welcome to You Gotta Hack That, the podcast all about the security behind the Internet of Things. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about railways and trains. All right, so today it's all about the railways of all the different types throughout the world. Uh, there's a lot of overlap in the different regions. There's obviously some differences as well, but in concept, they are the same sort of thing. Uh, we're not just talking about passenger trains, we're talking about freight as well, uh, and any other usage for that matter that I've not thought of. It's fairly obvious to me that people get quite upset about the prospect of hacking into trains. I mean, even just a little bit of disruption, certainly in the UK, gets people a bit uh, hot under the collar, shall we say. Um, it's not so much fun uh, when you're trying to use it to commute to work, or you've got a really important date to go to, or you know that kind of thing. So um, I can see why people would not like the idea of hacking into train. The good news is that uh, from my research, the uh, the fact is that it does actually seem to be taken relatively seriously by the, the the suppliers, you know, the guys actually running these things. I would say that this is possibly a relatively new thing. Uh, we're talking maybe the last 10 years, which is quite a, a new thing when it comes to something which is essentially an industrial control system. Um, these things uh, take a lot of engineering and a lot of time to change. So um, the the kind of the, the later version of this stuff is definitely, you know, it has security right high up there. There appears to be a number of older legacy systems knocking around um, that are fairly vulnerable, um, but I guess there's, you know, uh, that, that's kind of just the case with pretty much everything these days. I'm going to give you a bit of a discussion about what I thought about as far as the, the attack surface is concerned. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves, uh, but the rail networks have an absolutely huge attack surface. I'm probably going to end up missing some, but the list that I came up with is broken down roughly into sort of three big groups. So there's kind of the, the track side bits of equipment, there's the train side bits of equipment, and then there's like an operations center or, you know, the IT guys who are somewhere monitoring that everything is going okay. Um, from a track side perspective, you've got all the overhead cable management, and we're talking about like power distribution and making sure the lines are working and, and, and at the right tension and all that kind of stuff. Um, you've got presence sensors, and that's for you know vehicles or trains going over those uh, bits of track. You've got heating for points to make sure that they don't ice over at least too easily. Don't talk about the UK rail network. And then obviously you've got like the signaling to the, the train drivers to say, go down this path. You're not that they've got a choice, but you know, in terms of like their expectations and, and how to operate their train. Then on the train itself, you've got a lot of different bits of kit. Um, you've got obviously entertainment systems and that kind of stuff on really modern trains, but more Obviously, you've got like a, an engine. You've got all of the bits that go towards making an engine work, which is, trust me, it's vastly complicated in the first place. There'll be hundreds of sensors doing their thing on that one. You've got all the drive shaft stuff as well. So not just the engine itself, but how that, that locomotion gets transmitted to the wheels. Um, you've got uh, all of the um, emergency stop stuff. You've got doors that are usually electronic and, and uh, controlled that way these days you've got radio communications between the driver and what's going on elsewhere on the network you've got 
um, public announcement systems or PA systems. Uh, you've got CCTV. You've got Wi-Fi for, for the guests on the train. You've got HVAC, so heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Um, you've got food payment and, and production systems as well on longer distance trains. Um, you've got the reservation systems for what seats people are supposed to sit in if they get honoured. Um, and then you've got uh, toilets. They're also, you know, actually quite electronic these days on, on trains. And when it comes to operation centers, you probably have like lots of these in, in reality distributed around because this includes things like platform management, making sure that the platform is actually empty before somebody tries to stick a train on it, for instance, as well as like the, the traffic management uh, upstream on the, uh, the network itself, on the rails themselves. Um, uh, as well as all of the the display boards on the the platforms and how this all interlinks together, um, you'll also have timetabling as a really basic thing. Uh, but you know it's it's actually uh, pretty pretty significant when it comes to the train network. Um, and you'll have things like um, the police communications. Um, certainly here in the UK, there's a, a whole dedicated arm of police which work exclusively in the, the transport networks, uh, including the the railways. Um, and then obviously you've got ticketing and like the barriers that go with that. As you can tell, there is a huge amount going on just to make this work. Um, this makes the world's railways uh, a really complex ecosystem and complexity, as you might have noticed, uh, is definitely a thing that breeds vulnerability. So why would you bother doing an attack against the train networks or the railway networks? Um, as the railway network is considered an important national asset pretty much everywhere, um, I think there are quite a few really, really obvious reasons. Um, the ones that most people would think about are you know, state-aligned or terrorism or you know that kind of uh, sabotage type activities. But there are at least a few more to consider. Um, so activists and protesters, if they want to prevent something from occurring, then they may want to stop people from traveling. And one of the biggest things you can do there, if it's a long distance travel or even just like getting into the cities, is to stop the trains from working. Um, I don't imagine there's going to be many ecological complaints and activists uh, around the railway networks because it's generally considered a pretty green way of traveling but uh, you could uh, maybe imagine there'd be some sort of uh, environmental or uh, ecological uh, way of thinking about this too um, because of uh, things like um, new railways being put up or railways that are exclusively used for uh, like the, the oil industry or, or that kind of stuff. Um, you've got disgruntled employees that pretty much occurs in every single opportunities, uh, illicit thrill seekers. Um, so people who just want to do it because they kind of want to see what happens. Um, and then you've got the people who just want to have a free ticket to get on a train. I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, it is part of the attacking nature, isn't it, to try and work out a way of being able to travel for free or get something for free anyway. All of these groups would likely want the same outcome if they can achieve it, uh, or at least like most of them anyway, stopping trains from running or significantly disrupting them. I, I think, with the exception of the the freebie uh, wanter, um, you know, th those those kind of attacks are are just trying to work out a way of causing difficulties and disruption um, more than anything else. So let's talk about that a bit more. How would you look to stop a train? Well, the answer to this can be considered 
pretty broadly in actual fact. Um, so anything that stops the minimum operating requirements of the train is kind of like the technical answer. And this makes our list immediately um, anything that brings into question the safety of the train um, or anything that stops the train from moving with its cargo or passengers. So if we go back to that earlier list of attack surface, there are some obviously interesting and not interesting things to play with and a couple that uh, are, are basically in a grey area. Uh, things like breaking the, the customer Wi-Fi clearly won't stop the train. Uh, I mean, it'll make people sad. I do appreciate it. That makes uh, long-distance journeys somewhat less appealing. On the other hand, the engine management functionality would clearly make this quite difficult to operate because, well, if it can't go, then it can't go. Um, there is almost certainly a trade-off here too in that the various different forms of attack are going to require differing levels of skill and effort and you know determination um, to result in a, a whole scale of different possible impacts. Hacking into a train engine to trick a gearbox sensor, say, into putting it into a low gear at high speed would be dramatic and effective for that one train, but would take a huge amount of preparation, skill, and overall effort. Not only does this not really affect much because it's just one train, uh, but it is also temporary. A new train can be found and the broken one moved out of the way. Conversely, making a presence sensor fail to accurately report whether it can detect a train uh, on a whole section of track could block that section of track until the issue is resolved. And if, if it's difficult to diagnose or difficult to identify, then it's going to take a lot longer to work that out. You, know, you imagine doing that on a mainline uh, bit of rail that's going into London. Well, suddenly you've got a lot of trains that can't go anywhere uh, or at least can't go very quickly anywhere. Uh, which is the perfect segue to talk about when this has already happened. All right, let's start with the high-end attacks that we know about. Um, uh, it was reported in 2016 that the UK rail network received four high-profile cyber attacks. Precious few details are actually available on this, but it is supported by a publication by the Department for Transport saying that cybersecurity was an increasing problem in this space. Um, in 2022, Indian railways were hacked and 30 million passenger records were stolen, uh, but there's no sign that this affected any actual operational technology. I mean, it's still a really big impact, uh, but this is clearly more in the operation center type stuff rather than in the actual uh, the railways themselves. Also in 2022, hackers ransomware the system that automatically controls the flow of trains. Um, this didn't stop the trains outright, uh, but instead meant that they had to operate in manual mode. Uh, reportedly, this was intentionally to cause delays rather than compromise safety. Uh, the validity of these hacking claims weren't uh, they weren't a hundred percent verified at the time, but given the Ukraine war, uh, this doesn't feel that surprising because it was in that sort of region of the world, and 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 the various threat actors and and people doing stuff that we don't all agree uh, agree with in that space. During June 2023, the Swiss railways were one of the victims of a ransomware attack against one of their suppliers. Uh, again, this isn't an operational technology attack, but it did cause the uh, the supplier to not be able to produce stuff as quickly as they normally would do, which therefore kind of leads to potential knock-on effects. I don't think it was a, uh, you know felt as an effect particularly much, but you know you can kind of see where this would go if you did it more um, more successfully or more frequently. Uh, and finally, let's talk about some low-end attacks. 
Um, so back in 2016, an activist group used lots of tactics to attempt to block a railway in the United States. Uh, they reportedly weren't that successful until they started attaching car jumper cables to the tracks. This sounds weird, but it turns out that each side of a railway track, um, at least in this region, has a low voltage current flowing through it with the premise that when a train crosses, uh, the two sides are electrically connected and therefore register that a train is present. Um, really simple in, in concept. Um, the knock-on effect of this is that automated safety systems can't work correctly uh, when they are connected all of the time with you know the car jumper cables um and therefore the um like level crossing barriers automatically closed and uh, the signaling changed such that no further trains were permitted to, to go down that route uh, this is very neat really in, in many ways it's a, it's a good demonstration of a, a layer below attack on a sensor and a, a difficult issue to avoid particularly in a safety first application uh, you often find that sort of thing where uh, it, it's really easy to trick something that then says it's essentially not safe, uh, and the thing that did the tricking is really, really simplistic. Uh, more recently in 2023, another very simple attack against Polish trains triggered the emergency stop procedures on board. Uh, essentially, it is possible to broadcast the correct tone in the correct radio frequency carriers, um, so the, the kind of the, the, right, the right frequency and the right formation so making sure it's in like three beeps or whatever um, and then the trains will either audibly warn the driver or just simply slam on the brakes um, once again what a wonderfully simple attack that uh, this this kind of affects the lowest layer available um, this attack was also reportedly accompanied by propaganda uh, being played over the train's public announcement system. Um, this second part of the attack has essentially the same root cause, little to no authentication and authorization on an RF interface because it was broadcast rather than you know plugged in or something along those lines. Um, and what this means, though, in practice, is that um, the the kind of the attacker here was uh, politically motivated. They were trying to get. A, a, a statement across rather than um, try and cause the disruption itself. There is also uh, another really interesting story that has come up recently, which uh, is that of digital rights management. Now, it's not something that I thought would ever come up in relation to operational technology or trains. Um, this this technology, DRM, um, is uh, essentially uh, the ability for content creators to protect who has a copy of their materials. This is like historically, this has been incredibly difficult to actually achieve because uh, people go out of their way to you know rip dvds and that kind of stuff um and what this uh th this applied here means is that they were trying to um try to control how their trains were being used uh, on the surface of it that doesn't sound so bad but i'll tell you the rest of the story because you kind of go hang on a minute that that doesn't seem fair let alone anything else so uh, some reverse engineers uh, were looking at the control systems following suspicious control system failures. That should give you a bit of a, a head start there. Um, essentially, I don't know how to pronounce this properly, but I think it's NEVAG. Uh, they manufactured trains uh, and they were being serviced by third-party workshops. Uh, and then the, the, the train basically stopped working. It looked like it should work, but just didn't go anywhere. Um 
it turns out that the manufacturer of the train had built in multiple like lockout mechanisms. Uh, this included geolocation-based checks to identify when trains were stopped at the manufacturer's competitors' servicing locations. Bit of a mouthful, that one, but uh, essentially when they weren't being serviced by NEVAG. At first glance, this could be defensible as a mechanism to ensure that only authorised parties can perform maintenance. You kind of go, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, But this was reportedly not documented anywhere, uh, not in any uh, agreement with the the purchaser, the customer. Um, And furthermore, there were mechanisms in place that meant uh, critical functions would not work after a specific date. Uh, And that date happened to be the date that the warranty on the trains expired. So you kind of go, well, hang on a minute. That starts to feel a bit dodgy straight away. Um, there were some other really damning examples too. Um, so they uh, they they had um, clearly been testing this on certain areas uh, of the network because some of the location data that they found was uh, their workshops, but that was um, excluded from this. Um, there were all sorts of bits where you kind of go, this this does not make sense. Uh, it turns out that there's been a, a lot of news coverage about this particular item in the, the relevant countries as well, and the researchers were um, simultaneously like threatened as well as you know the denied uh, any any wrongdoing by the manufacturer and you know all this kind of thing. Um, uh, it, it sounds a bit of a mess, but um, I, I'm pretty sure the law is going to side with the researchers in this case. So what do I think? Um, Well, there are a lot of different aspects to train cybersecurity when you really start to think about it. And I, I, I know that I've only like covered here today the the kind of the basic stuff, really. Um, it's also very important to realize that trains are really a collection of systems that work together. They're not one big system. They are lots and lots of systems that just happen to be connected correctly. It is too simplistic to think of the basic go and stop functionality when in reality, there are so many different parts that make a train a useful service Um, and i don't just mean you know pleasant i mean actually perform its job Um, because of all that complexity it is really clear to me that there is an enormous attack surface there aren't many reports about the quality of uh, engineering and code behind those systems but those that do exist publicly and go into depth appear to suggest it isn't that good. Um, all of this makes a worrying combination of juicy target, uh, lots of attack surface, and questionable defense capabilities. I'm not saying, you know, don't get on the train because um, I don't think you're at any particular risk and, and the chances are it will carry on going. It's just, it's it's hard. This is space is really difficult to defend against. Um, and when there's so many different uh, people involved, different organizations involved uh, and different uh, motivations and incentives here to get it right from a security perspective, this is going to be really difficult to pull off in any kind of holistic sort of way. I would like to invite you, though, uh, the next time you are on a delayed train to just have a think in your head just about, well, what you're being told, what you understand to be going on, and what could be going on underneath. I'm not saying that every delayed train is a cyber attack by any stretch, but it's just kind of an interesting thought exercise to go, hmm, I wonder if you know someone has attach some jumper cables to the railway here or you know someone has fiddled with the signaling system or you know anything else that's more advanced and why they would do that it's really interesting here's a tiny bit extra for this episode since recording i've been reading a discussion board thread where somebody posted a job advert by a european rail company and they are actively looking for a remote 
engineer to administer systems and, and design and develop, I think, systems for a Windows 3.11 platform. Now, there's loads about this which concerns me. First of all, Windows 3.11 was around a very long time ago. Uh, second of all, uh, the security in that space is kind of zero. Uh, and third of all, for some reason, this is a remote position. There are indicators within the job advert on and a bit of research that suggest that these Windows 3.11 systems may actually be connected to the internet and control industrial control systems that make the train, you know, operate. Um, make of that what you will, but uh, I find that quite scary and and really interesting at the same time. Uh, it really does show that industrial control systems and embedded systems in particular uh, struggle to keep up to date with things. Why would you change something that carries on working um, if it carries on working? Well, I guess that is the ultimate question. Hopefully, this uh, job advert gets enough press and enough attention that they will maybe think about re-engineering their trains. Thanks for listening. I hope you have enjoyed the show. Please give the show a rating or review in your podcast app. Uh, tweet about it or post it somewhere. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. Um, to talk to us about any aspect of the show, suggest a future topic, or to ask a question about IoT security, please do get in touch. Uh, you can do that via email on helpme at yg.ht with at gotta underscore hack on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, or searching for you gotta hack that on LinkedIn. Thank you.